Waka. I got a nice opening question for you. Waka, waka, waka. Keep the waka sounds in. Waka, it's all good to me. It's waka, all good waka, to me, waka, baby. Waka, waka. Perfect. Garrett, who do you main in Pac-Man? Uh, Clyde. You're a Clyde main? <laughs> I'm a Clyde man. I understand you're going Clyde because I heard that they really nerfed Clyde once Pac Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man 2 came around. Yeah, they they nerfed him to the ground. I had to prove he was still viable in the competitive scene. And, you know, it, but, you know, people people always get hung up about their tier list and who's good and, <laughs> you know, who's God tier, who should be banned. But I just yes. say have, have fun uh, playing who you identify with, who you're the most comfortable with, who's the most fun to play with. Mm -hmm. See, I could never touch an orange ghost. It's just not me. What's the you know, equivalent? It's, it's, got a, it's got a bad rub to it. Doesn't feel good in my fingers. Does not that tactile feel? I gotta get. <laughs> I gotta go a blue ghost. See, that's me. I can't go any other way. What's the equivalent of that for like Super Smash Bros? What would be like the worst take? Uh Final Pichu Destination. Pichu and Melee. <laughs> it's a bad, objectively just bad Pikachu, <laughs> but just damages itself when it uh, when Ooh, it uses Thunder ah. Shock. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, no, folks, we aren't playing uh, Super Smash Brothers today uh, or, or anything of the sort. We're actually going with the other part of that waka, 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 waka. illustration that we were doing. A little bit of Pac-Man today. But first things first, let's go ahead and introduce what you're listening to right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the weirder, more bizarre, more out there, more interesting board games that are out there for your playing pleasure and we do we do that part for you we break them down we see what makes them work what makes them not work i am one of your first co-hosts and one of the creators of rough draft games thomas youngerberg and with me here as always is garrett lively i feel i'm an expert here because one time tom you took me to blipsies and yep. i was playing pac-man and a guy just put a quarter down right on the corner of the pac-man table that means he wants you to keep playing <laughs> he's paying for, he's paying for he's paying for my next he's game having, popped it in. he's having such a good go, time buddy. i like to watch <laughs> <laughs> he puts it on the court so that's how i knew i was initiated into the into the old school arcade game scene were you were you there when uh lauren uh i think that might have been when you and daniel were you there with i think i was there lauren? i was jeff there. was there yeah and this guy puts down a quarter on the table that lauren is uh playing i think miss pac-man or joust or something like that and she's like i think he wants me to keep playing <laughs> just like, no that's no 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 it shows that he wants next game <laughs> he's paying for me he's paying for me it's like buying somebody drinks at the bar it's a you know flattery yeah <laughs> also <laughs> with... anybody a water oh yeah <laughs> also with us is uh jeff lee listen to my ted talk here have you guys ever opened up a bag of m&ms and you start eating the m&ms and you're like hmm could probably get another one and then you continue <laughs> on eating the m&ms until at the end of the bag there's nothing left just crumbs and what do you do maybe you go for another bag and that's why ladies and gentlemen pac-man is actually an rpg <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd gives a very polite golf clap hmm, maybe <laughs> wow i think huh, i'll consider man, it I'm so, I'm so wow i'm so glad that it this is, I just, I got to sit here for this talk. I'm so glad I paid admission for this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they see the giant Ted X and they go, ah, shit. It's, it's the independent one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, we're, we're happy to be back here, folks. We're happy to be talking about something that we like. We all like Pac-Man. We've had many experiences with Pac-Man, whether it was in the movie theater when you were just a wee little boy or girl and you saw you saw the booth over in the corner or maybe it was in the back of a mexican restaurant and mm -hmm. they just had one game 
plugged in, or maybe it was a Stevie B's pizza or a CC's, CC's pizza. pizza, friend of the show. You saw that. You saw it floating in the back. This is this is something. It's a wonderful topic that we have here today because it's 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 been a part of all of our lives in some way or another. So, what better way to explore this beloved topic than to take something that was made for a video game and completely shift it to a totally new medium that it possibly might not belong in? I couldn't think of a better way. Podcast. Oh, you're talking about, oh, you're talking about board Podcast games. Podcast form. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. What, what, what game are we playing today, Garrett? What's the official name of this little ditty? Uh, today we are playing Pac-Man, the board game, the 2019 classic uh, from uh, Buffalo Games. Is that right? Buffalo, Buffalo Games. games. That's right. That's right. Buffalo Buffalo Games is actually they've produced quite a few games. I believe uh, according to their credits, they have around sixty games listed on uh, Board Game Geek that they are associated with, as far as publishing goes. Uh, most of those games not too popular. They've been publishing pretty pretty consistently for the last twenty or so years, uh, generating games out there. But it seems that only recently have they started to. Uh, put together larger licensing products. I know that they, uh, I saw that they had published the, uh, they published this game, the Pac-Man one. They did an Urban Dictionary game in 2015. A little late to hop on that mm, train. A yeah. little late. They were desperate. Uh, you know, they were, that's, that could have been really good. They in do like a Sparkle one or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why they were taking what they could get, but it paid off because in 2019 they got their hands on the Pac-Man, the Pac-Man licensing rights. <laughs> and I, I, I just sorry, ahead. that just reminded me of the Wikipedia game, and I, I had to look it up. The Wikipedia game came out in 2015 because that's the uh, height that's, of Wikipedia. That's when it was really rocking and rolling. Wrong, I remember. <laughs> wrong. Yeah, yeah, and that so that. Uh, that Urban Dictionary game was really the first licensing game that they got because they got a Scooby-Doo game uh, nice. in 2016. Uh, but most of their games don't have a lot of ratings. Most of them are around like 12. So I was a little bit worried when we we pulled this one off the metaphorical shelf uh, because I was like, oh, well, you know, we're probably, if not that many people are playing them, they're not that popular. It's going to be really interesting to see how a smaller company does with a big ip if they're going if we're going to see a situation where they mostly just rip it and skin it you know you got your harry potter triwizard tournament cup where it's basically just trouble or if you're going to see something different like we saw in sort of the fan-made version of danganronpa where you have something that seems a little bit more fan-fueled uh so one thing i just found scrolling across the buffalo rep uh library mm-hmm. is a game we used to play in my basement. Do y'all remember Imagine If? I don't remember Imagine If. I, I remember the game not in board game form. I remember Pop 5. What was Imagine <laughs> If? Here? Imagine If is um, you are given a subject with six multiple choice answers. You The question is read aloud and players vote on the answer they think is correct. But we would write in our own answers and we had a little ponds. Uh, we we played this a, a good bit in our basement, and then we just write in our own answers. Are you like sure it Boulder Dash here? <laughs> yeah, or Boulder Dash. Yeah, we played yep. Boulder Dash, which seems oh, very yeah, similar. Yeah, I remember Boulder Dash quite well as well. No, this is the the board had like a spiral in the in the center, and you started on the outer edge of it, and you tried to work your way in. It had a pink and blue uh, scheme. Look look up Imagine If with two Fs. I M A G I N I F F. And see if see if that rings any bells. It's a 
the box the box actually does ring some bells it's like bedazzled like the part of the yeah. part of the font is like yeah i see it now i i vaguely remember this i i think i played it a lot more with daniel um but anyways fun game <laughs> Ma- imagine if 1998 yep yeah it's giving me it's giving me flashback vibes i think i remember playing this a couple of times yeah, yeah. I, I i didn't know that was by buffalo but i, I just stumbled well it's it. good it's good to see you again buffalo games it's been yeah. a while so uh, yeah they <laughs> I, around I, the I think block. i remember you you yeah. were the guy that made that uh, one from, bad game from high school college college yeah yeah yeah, yeah. hey how yeah you, you know we're sitting <laughs> you by peak, the, the you punch kind of early <laughs> yeah how you doing you still got that letterman jacket on i uh <laughs> still squeezing into that the pinnacle of your life you said no i'm I think you peak kind of uh, early is underrated. Like it should be used more often in slight whenever you reach when you would stumble into somebody that you really don't want to talk to. Yeah, you yeah, you were that guy. You peak pretty early. <laughs> what did they still say in the that? introductory talks? You condemn the rest what of their life. What did they say to that? Uh, you know, I'm actually I'm on the I'm the city council and you know where I live and I'm like oh really? oh wow you pe- you peaked really early. I mean, I mean, that's nothing on SGA you, student body president. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, how do you come back for that? Uh, I I don't know. I think you just end the conversation there. Uh, but we have uh, we have to keep going. Unfortunately, we have to we gotta, keep we got a conversation game to review going. here, folks. But, so we, before uh, before we jump in, Tom, I, I do want to give you guys a chance to peek early in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, little little quiz show here on Roll and Move. I've I was interested to figure out. I we thought. Maybe Pac-Man would be on this list, but the list of best-selling video games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, you have to go all the way to number eleven to get to Pac-Man, and it wow. has sold thirty-nine million, almost thirty-nine point five million copies. Um, oh, man, any guesses into the top five? I'll give you all maybe maybe two strikes each. See, 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 I originally I originally said Pac-Man because I thought of like all the ports and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, as I'm going like, to cheat top- and say like chess. A bo- no, like not a video, video game. game. Yeah, like, but they do. But like they do a lot of like video game ports. No, so I wasn't sure no, if they counted like wrong. a broad. Are you are you thinking? Are you trying to like cheat this and be like, what are some of the original games that came along with Microsoft Windows and like book the? <laughs> like, well, it's Minesweeper, Garrett. That's sold by the. the everyone had Windows ninety five. Uh, I'm looking through. I do, I do not see any of those. Okay, so that's okay. not. Okay. We can't go that route. All right. You, uh, you can you can think of um you know Nintendo Microsoft. As right. an Xbox, Sony, you you can kind of think See, of that. See, part of me for this question wants to be like, okay, well, there are plenty of uh, disassociated, very general games like Breakout, where there mm-hmm. there's not uh-huh. a there's no official. I don't know if anyone has like a Breakout character or a Breakout franchise. If there's an official one, but it is sort of like a model of games. So so yeah. let me give you a hint here. Number the. The earliest date on here is 2006 uh, of when one of these games was released. Wow. The only one, I'll, I'll go ahead and reveal one. The only one that I think you're any anywhere near the realm of and kind of guessing with that is the EA Tetris that was released for mobile platforms. And it's only specifically EA Tetris. And that that, that is number three. Wow. So you don't think uh, we're going to well, guess the other ones? You, no, I think you can guess the other ones, but mm. that 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 one's the only one that's in that wheelhouse of stuff that you're saying. Like, is it you know, is it Breakout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay, you know, okay. Yeah, 2006 makes me think Halo, but I'm not sure if that's in the top whatever. I I I don't, I don't think uh, so. So is this by gross revenue, Garrett? Like um, total units sold. So Tetris sold. has sold okay. 100 million units on uh, on mobile. 
All right. So uh, we got everything go. else. Everything else is going to be a, a console major PC console game. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, Wii Sports. Wii Sports number four, Boom. 82 million yep. games. That was sold on its own extremely cheaply, and then also it was uh, bundled. They counted with the sales for the for the, for the Wii yep. units as well. <laughs> there you go. Double count this. Easy. All right. Uh, <laughs> so that's one of mine, and then I'm also going to say. I bet there's a Game Boy the, game in there. Uh, in 2006? Oh, not 2006. That's the earliest so she t- said? T- yeah, Garrett, Garrett said a little earlier. 2006 is the earliest on the top five. And that might have been uh, the Wii Sports. Po- Pokemon one. Red, Green, and Blue, and Yellow uh, is number seven. But not They can't count five. all those together. They do, yeah. They count um, not in the top five, but later on down the list, like they count Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as one unit. Mm-hmm. as number 10. Uh, but yeah, they, they seem to count. Variants. All right, variants. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I got, I got Wii Sports. Have Jeff name one, and then you got to give Jeff. Space. We got to get the show on the road. They, they came to, to, came to us for a Pac-Man review, not <laughs> for us to guess video games. Rock Band. <laughs> no, number one, Minecraft. Number two, Grand Theft Auto. Number three, Tetris. Number four, Wii Sports. Number five, Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. Wow. Wow. Because yeah. I'm, I'm shocked by PUBG. Most of those lists. Most, most I, the only one I would have guessed on there is Wii Sports. I, I would not have guessed any of those other ones, but that is wow. that is crazy. I'm not and shocked like said, about Minecraft. Actually, that game Pac-Man, Pac-Man sold, sold so obscenely well. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, all right. So we're we're playing something a little further down on the list. Maybe we thought it was the whole opening of the show was how famous and well known this game is, <laughs> but apparently not. Fame does not equal success. But we're looking at the Pac-Man game that was created by uh, <clears throat> Buffalo Games, and when you look at this thing. And we're going to go ahead and open the box to tell you what's in the box. There's in the box. Waka, waka, waka. I'll, I'll, I'll go out and just go ahead and gush a little bit. I think that the, the box components are fantastic for this game. Okay. Um, I think that the, you actually have, and we found out this a little bit later, but so the way that it is done is you have a, uh, a, a maze like your level one Pac-Man maze, and then you have all these little pegs that are sticking up out of the board that you that one player will control Pac-Man and, of course, try and roll several dice, three dice, to navigate the maze in order to collect all the dots. You can go over a power pellet, which allows you to go gobble up ghosts. The other two players are controlling ghosts. Their movement is defined by cards that they're drawing from a deck. Sometimes they'll accidentally draw a fruit card, and then they have to put a little piece of uh, fruit on the board for Pac-Man to gobble up for extra points. And just like in old-school retro arcade games, uh, points are the key to victory. Points are all that really matters, you know. Um, For this game, you generate points a couple of ways. Of course, through the pegs that you eat, and then if you eat all the pegs in one of the four corners of the game, you know, one of the quadrants, if you will, you'll generate 800 extra points. If you gobble up a ghost while you have a power pellet inside of you, you will generate another 200. And if you eat some fruit, you will generate 200, 400, and 600 if you get a cherry, a strawberry, and an orange, which is the uh, the way that the uh, points <laughs> accumulated, I believe, in the game as well. So one person's just trying to get around and gobble up all the, uh, the dots. Each person will have a turn to play as Pac-Man, trying to get the highest score as possible. And the other two are playing ghosts. Each one has a different set of movement rules. Pac-Man is a little bit more limber. He's able to move around the board a little quicker because you're rolling three dice and you get to move with all those. The numbers on the cards for the ghosts 
are a little bit lower and they can't pass through each other. They have to, they can bump into each other or they can accidentally block each other. So the people playing the ghosts have to do a little bit of coordinating in order to, uh, in order to move around and trap Pac-Man. In fact, we, at first I thought that this was like very much not in the ghosts favor, but, but the entire opening, uh, card draw of the game can potentially screw over the ghosts if one of the cards if one of the ghosts can you explain that jeff it's it's something you observe yeah so basically what happens is um there's three ghosts that start in the uh you know ghost gate in the center of the game uh, and then the red the red ghost is on the outside uh, but when you draw your ghost movement cards you have to go from top to bottom so let's say for example orange goes first because orange is actually blocked by red on the first turn uh you just skip your turn <laughs> no one can move. You just can't move. So the yeah. best the best thing that ever happens is if red is last, nobody moves in the initial turn except for red because everyone technically <laughs> has to skip their turn because they're blocked. That's classic Blinky, man. That's classic. <laughs> Get yeah. out of here, Garrett. Nobody knows their names. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like it's really silly. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You would just think, you know, at the beginning of the game, start with red on the first move. Mm -hmm. But I do think that they might have done it for balancing reasons um, so that, you know, Pac-Man could get a head start and, you know, position themselves right. in a particular place. You can get cornered pretty quickly if all of them were, you know, got pretty big rolls and corner you in one quadrant and you wouldn't be able to move. So it might have been on purpose. I'm not quite sure. What do you guys think? I think it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, at first, I didn't because I, I, I thought that I was like, man, this is a major disadvantage to the ghosts. And especially because when we read the rule book, it said you only get one life. But if you beat a level, you reset all the tiles and then you just keep accumulating points. You yeah. go on to the second or so reset all the pegs, excuse me. And then you go on to the next level as if it were and you just keep going. So I thought, wow, it's it must be really difficult for pac-man to be caught so any situation where the ghosts aren't getting out on the map as soon as possible i thought you know it was going to be game over for the ghosts every single one of us got caught on the first level mm -hmm. like we were not able to make it through like sure there might have been some bad luck involved but every, i think it i think it says something to the level of difficulty and me being okay with that happening and i think it's i think it is a balancing issue because it seems like such an obvious it seems like such an obvious fix for them to be able to write in the rule book if uh, red always goes first or to just put red first on the card, you know? Um, yeah, or but, just go, yeah, or whatever order. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's got to be intentional. What do you think, Gare? I, I think they pointed out in the rules that it is intentional, right? Because they give you the scenario that if red doesn't come up, you know, mm -hmm. on when at the beginning, you're, you're stuck in there. Right. So, yeah, clearly intentional. You know the reasoning behind it. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, I I do think it. I mean, I think it seems to favor the ghost in, in a run. So, um, I think that is a little bit of a nerve to them. And you know, if you, if you get a great start, I you know maybe if you have a a standard opening, um, that could be interesting because Pac-Man does go first anyway. So if you like know all the ghosts are gonna move, like Red moves three and then everybody else moves four or something like that, you could mm -hmm. maybe do something potentially with that. But you know, I, I'm fine with it. I, I think it was uh like I said, I, I feel like the ghosts inherently have a little bit of an advantage, so uh no issues with giving them a little uh little zoink right there to knock them down. <laughs> a little zoink? A little opening okay, moves zoink. Yeah, I think that, you know, with Pac-Man ends up we saw basically two types of open. So Garrett and Thomas opened by going to one side of the board and sitting by um, the power pellet, waiting for ghosts to come close. Um, and then I actually ran to the other side 
to try to get that side. And I was trying to basically maximize pellets in my case. So I don't think there's another, I mean, there's the only other thing you can do is go diagonal and that's just too many spaces to move. Put. You can just stay put, I guess. But um, I think between those two, they felt like you were, you got away just enough to make a decent opening move as Pac-Man, but not enough to where it was OP for Pac-Man. And then after that, you can get cornered pretty quickly because right. you get, you know, stopped from four different angles. So yeah, I think overall it was fine. Um, it didn't feel like it was, you know, really OP for one one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I want to go back to saying about the uh, the components. So the rule book is completely done up with all of the classic Pac-Man art from the original uh, arcade unit, right? It has the really weird looking Pac-Man with the bug eyes and the feet, right? Not a lot of people yeah. think of Pac-Man as having feet, but they had all the original assets. Uh, most of the art was sort of like in an 8-bit style. The coordinate uh, point system was actually a really good touch for making, keeping things interesting and strategizing, trying to eliminate entire quadrants uh, for points. That's one of the reasons that I placed higher than Garrett. I took second place. I just want to make that really big, important distinction. <laughs> uh, I came in third. I, I know. That I leaves know. me. Uh, <laughs> fourth. <laughs> Wait. Uh, but it, it, it's, it, there's just enough things in the point collection, like taking out the quadrants, that it keeps things interesting. Yeah. There's, a, there's a couple of little gems in this game that I think make it very interesting and very fun the entire way through. Uh, also on the component side of things... They include a little Pac-Man figure that's actually a little miniature that makes noise as it hops and moves across the uh, board. It makes the waka waka noise, which is incredible. Yeah. We obviously yeah. didn't get a chance to experience it because we played virtually, but I I would be delighted if I had to play this game <laughs> in real life and got to move Pac-Man around and every time it was yeah. making this noise, or maybe eventually annoyed. But <laughs> it uses three watch batteries, but still yeah, a little overkill. I mean, but that, it's, yeah. it's gonna last a long time. <laughs> I, I hope so for that. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to trigger it, Jeff. You, you, it's it's an intentional thing yeah. to do. So you, you don't have to get annoyed if you don't want to. But I think one of my favorite things in this, uh, as far as gyms go, is the way that the power pellet mechanic worked as far as a pusher luck mechanism. Could you talk about that for a little bit, Garrett? Like just the way, sure. like one dice at a... Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so when you land on a power pellet, uh, you know, as you do in classic Pac-Man, you turn into the super invulnerable ghost-eating Pac-Man. Um, and you don't, you don't really know how much time you got in that form. You know that you're going to roll three die, uh, but the difference is normally you roll all three die at one time and you get to kind of plan out your move when you're in super power man, super power pack man mode, you are going to instead roll each die one at a time, execute that many points of movement and then roll the next die and execute that many points of movement. So it's very likely you're not going to quite end up exactly where you wanted to go or exactly where you needed to be here. You're just going to give yourself a not quite enough room for comfort to escape those pesky ghosts, um, which I think happened to Tom and I both. We uh, went into power Pac-Man mode and started rolling and uh, our last die roll, we both got one and just, <laughs> just, just, a, just a little, needed, little bit needed too close something to that a ghost little more. You charged in head first and then you're like, a I two, can't get out. A two would have been fine, I think, in both our, both our cases. A three would have been great. Anything besides a one, you know? I mean, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it just really, it, it's really unfortunate. And, you know, I, I, as you said, that ties in well to Pac-Man. Um, you know, you get those power pellets and to my knowledge, I believe that timing is kind of you don't exactly know it's when the time fluid. is going to run out. Yeah. yeah. 
It feels yeah. like you got forever the first time you get it, and then like mm-hmm. from then on out, you're just like, I, you never quite know if you're gonna, it's gonna run out before you make it to that last ghost. Yeah, you're, you're going for Pinky, and all of a sudden he turns back pink and starts. He turns right back at you and starts chasing you down. You're like, oh god! And all of a sudden, he's fast. And and regular Pac-Man, um, how do you know? Is it the screen flashes? There's something that they do, right, so that you know that they turn blue. They turn blue. Yeah, yeah, they turn that. Uh, so in the game, they have the little blue tokens that you. Use no, no, no. Turn. I mean, like when when the power mode's ending. I know the I know they turn edible, but at when your power phase is ending, don't they do something to indicate that it's about to end? So you have there's to like, probably think, something, there's probably something visual that you can yeah. do to observe it. I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's a set amount of time, mm. but I know that the, the people who play Pac-Man professionally, <laughs> cause that is something that exists. Uh, they probably, they probably know the scoop. They probably know some way to identify exactly. Well, as a casual, it's completely have. random, and those guys. <laughs> at any time. And it's not beatable. That's the way it feels. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so all that that that's also a gem that's sort of mixed into the game as well as the power pellet dynamic, where it's a little bit more pressure luck as you're rolling. And then I, I think that pretty much covers everything as far as like the quadrant clearing, like getting the pegs, how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Um. What do you, what what do you think of this game, Garrett? I mean, is there anything that I'm missing here as far as like experience that we we got to bring to the table? We talked about the watch. Uh, I think really the only the only other things on the ghost side is if you get eaten, you have to make the long trek back to the center of the board and uh, mm-hmm. retransform back into a, a normal un undigested ghost. Right. And uh, other than that, I think it's uh you know it's it's a fun little reimagining of, of pac-man i think it's kind of pretty quick. spot on thematically. yeah it works it's quick mm-hmm. i can't imagine it's fun to set up the first time but after that you know it's nice that there are little pegs that you punch down and then you just pop them all back up at once um the components look incredible um i think it's you know a labor of love and if you're a fan of pac-man and or a fan of you know old school gimmicky stuff i think this is this can be right up your alley um, our playtime was what, maybe 15 minutes? It was super quick. Maybe, maybe 15, 20 minutes for the first time playing. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't think that you would be able to. There's few games that I think not only capture the spirit of their the game that's like their predecessor, sort of like Danganronpa. I might have mentioned that earlier. But I think this is one of the few things that actually captures the time the timing of the game as well, which I find very fascinating because... Because I always lose immediately. (laughs) I do. It's a quarter gobbler. These games are designed to make arcades money, right? So usually your casual player is going to walk up, play Pac-Man for maybe like four minutes, and then that's it. They're done, right? To be able to create an experience that is that fast, that is that quick, and that is that fun, lines up really, really well with the actual board game. I mean, this is a great thing to to bust out for like if you have if you know someone who really likes video games or you maybe they're sort of like a hybrid and this is like a because not many people know about this game it's got 122 ratings on on board game geek Mm -hmm. so to to give out this game because it's it's going for 12 bucks right now jeff Mm -hmm. on amazon yeah like 12 13 bucks on amazon that's a great deal like (laughs) it's a pretty good deal that's a great deal would you say it's 3p good deal I would absolutely say this is a 3P board game at the price that it's at right now. Mm, good uh, portions. It's very quick. It's very fun. I think this would be really good for like a kid or something like that. You know, someone who identifies as a gamer. You know, because that's, <laughs> that's I think that's probably the most 
important demographic out there. Yeah. Is the the the, the overlooked gamers in our society. <laughs> and to give them this board game, I think, would really brighten up their day. You know what I mean? Those Garrett? poor gamers. They're underrepresented for sure. I mean, it's not fair. Not, someone's got to stick someone's got to who's if we're not going to stick up for the gamers who is it's, there's not enough board games out there for gamers that's what i yeah. look <laughs> i think more i am i am gonna fight tooth and nail for gamer rights okay yeah. we're going the casuals the casuals have had their day in the sun for far the too sun. long in the board game uh, industry it's, and it's it's time we make our stand uh, <laughs> from now on and make our mark i know we relate to the game we're not allowed to produce any more copies of scoot trouble over. or yeah. <laughs> life right. or I, I yeah i think this i think the pack this pac-man rendition is really fun i think you know it's really lighthearted. um it captures a lot of the sentiment that pac-man has um it's pretty easy to teach and i like that you mentioned that you can play with kids I, you know there's not you're basically like it's in, in a weird way it's kind of like a game of tag but in board game form and you're just trying to maximize um trying to maximize your points trying to press your luck in some cases you're tr- trying to run away from people you don't know whether or not in this particular role you're gonna be move faster or slower than somebody else so some of that's kind of interesting there's and there's no real way to um like really beat somebody. I mean, you can't like really get OP good at this game and like always beat people. There's some level, right. there's some twist of randomness in there, which is really, really nice. Especially if you're, you know, let's say you're a kid playing against your dad. I mean, it's not fun if your dad's super, super good at a game and, um, and like, you know, knows all the ins and outs and the tricks. But in this case, you're just, you're just trying to get all the dots. Like it's, it's not more complicated than that. So, um, I, I think it captures that sentiment. Well, I think the pieces were really good. I think we can give a score. <laughs> yeah, just I think that's what let's we've been dancing around it. I mean, we're all talking about how much we like the game. How about this? We'll each give our score uh, and just say anything you didn't like about it, because we've already I, I don't I don't think I've heard a negative comment at all. So someone's got to take a someone's got to take it, take a big steaming urban dictionary, <laughs> something or other on this on this game and then give your give your point yeah i'll what's pulling what's pulling no no shut up jeff what's pulling my (laughs) score down is the convoluted scoring system in the game itself Mm. um okay so first of all they take their little wink and nod to the the original pac-man by scoring the fruits for how they originally scored in the game okay but then they start scoring the pellets at 40 points apiece what the heck? What what is this? <laughs> why why are we scoring pellets at forty points apiece? I looked it up. Not how it was scored in the original Pac Man. Um, makes no sense to me. They don't count scoring for the large pellet. They do count two hundred points for eating little uh, little ghosties, and then it's eight hundred points for the quadrants of the board. So I get that it's all you know you know for those different facets of the game to have different paths to victory, but like either. Pick one. You're going to have these different paths to victory. You're going to have this balanced scoring system. Or you can be true to the original scoring of the game. You can't have both. You can't have mm-hmm. these 40-point pellets. You can't count all the pellets you did, multiply by 40, then add up your other totals. It's just way too convoluted. Um, for a, a kid's game with a weight of 1.0 on Board Game Geek, you can't have this point salad mechanism where nobody knows if they won at the end of the game um, by doing that. So I that was to me my Biting biggest negative commentary, Garrett. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't happy with it. I I think it's uh, you know, like I said, you gotta you gotta pick one. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have your cherries, your strawberries, and your oranges and eat them too. And uh, I don't think can't Clyde have her ghosts and eat them justice. too. Justice, justice for Clyde. 
and <laughs> he, he should have much better cards and freaking blinky um but here we are so those were those were my negatives on the game i think for the audience for the crowd that it's aiming for uh for the love letter that it is for the you know reimagining of pac-man i I think it was great and you know i think anybody that liked pac-man uh wants a quick little family game at this weight um i think it set out to do exactly what it intended um i didn't read the rules but just kind of glancing at them tom maybe speak more to this i wasn't i thought they were a little maybe a little convoluted maybe a little long-winded maybe uh maybe a little bit longer than they needed to be but otherwise you know had a lot of fun i'm gonna give it a seven nice all right, uh, I'll go next here. I think that uh, I thought that the game, I, I already said everything that I like about the game. So to echo Garrett's sentiments on the scoring system, I also thought that was pointless. I am glad that they included an alternative. They wrote that you could include the game, that you could count the points, but the original scoring system was actually to not count the points at all. So they had a variant of the score tabulation method that was you only count fruit, you only count quadrants cleared, and you only count ghosts eaten. I don't, if you do that, it's possible to have ties. I don't understand the inclusion of that variant if you have someone who's just like running around and they manage to not clear a quadrant. Garrett didn't manage to clear a quadrant. It's it's perfectly possible to not clear a quadrant and to get eaten fairly early by a ghost. I don't understand why you would even include that first variation with the game and not just do one. So, yes, I am grateful you included a second variation that managed to address some of the key problems that would be left by your first variation, but I don't think it needs to be (laughs) included. Just just use the one that works. Use the one that doesn't allow for for ties or for miscommunication because you got one life and that's it. I would also like to see a way to generate points as a ghost. I think that might be a little bit, I know that that's not in the traditional game. I know, I know, I know. But if there was something that you could do, because right now, your general goal, and it's it's a powerful motivating force, is to be a spoiler as a ghost, right? You, you're The only reason you're chasing someone is to stop them from getting points because you were also trying to get points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something to think about. I'm not going to, it's not going to be one of my key criticisms is you didn't allow me to generate points as a ghost because that's not, what you do in the board game could have been an interesting thought could have been a a way to possibly work that in but i'm i'm with you garrett as far as like giving this a generally positive scoring on on the show i'm gonna give it a 7.5 i thought it was a great game uh and i think it'd be great for kids i think it'd be super easy to learn pick up and go it's quick it's easy and everyone gets it because everyone's played pac-man the the rules are so easy to explain you know that because i taught it Okay, so I usually don't. I'm not the one who picks out the games, and True. I was able to do this one. So uh, there's your there's your proof. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I um, what bugs me about the game is that it seems like the opening moves are kind of telegraphed, or you know, they're, they're kind of closed in. Maybe it's because it's not meant for like really complex strategies, like like a chess opening or something like that. I I um, I think overall it's a pretty simple game to play. Like I mentioned. The only thing is I don't love about it is, yeah, like, obviously the point system is really convoluted, especially because they clearly make the dot eating a big part of the actual game. Like, they have pegs that you move uh, and punch down every time you move over them. So why would you do that if you didn't count the score? Like, it doesn't make sense to not count it in their base variant. 
Um, so it's just really strange. It's like they almost forgot that, hey, like these things actually matter. Um, and yeah, like it sucks to have to multiply by 40 because you have to whip out a calculator and actually like crunch your numbers and crunch your score. It's just not not a fun thing for people to do. Um, I, I think overall, elsewise, like everything was good. Um, yeah, there's no, no other complaints for me. I think like, you know, it, it captured the spirit of the game. It it felt like Pac-Man. Um, it felt like both sides of the ghost slash Pac-Man, um, I guess, battle felt like they were impactful. Like I f- had just as much fun playing as a ghost as I did as Pac-Man. And um, yeah, it's just interesting to try different strategies. I'm going to give it a, a seven. You, you think it's a good take or bad take to like any any game that has like a, a, a tens digit, you know, like everything is 40 points, 200 points, you know, 50 points. Like nothing was like 25 or, or 15 or anything like that. <laughs> Just take off the zeros if people have scores like 27 well, or something. Are, I, I, <laughs> 27. Well, like, does that feel does that feel less video gaming? Yeah, I was going to say, would, are you saying that for video games or for the board game? Just all games, just like to be the guy that's like, this is worth three points. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, <laughs> you got to have the zero. Yeah, for some reason, like high scores feel like incredible, right? Like they feel like they're really, really, like really large numbers and you'd never be able to achieve it if you weren't like really like masterful at the game. So if you're like, yeah, I got the high score in the arcade, I got a 15. Like it doesn't sound. Yeah, I think it's just always funny when stuff is like base 10 for, right. for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just because. Like this is worth 10 points and you score in increments of 10 points. So it's, is it really worth one point? Right. No, it's 10 points. Yeah, it's great. It's like in pinball machines where you hit like well, just one of the back bumpers and it goes like, you know, 50,000 points <laughs> screaming at you on the screen. Yeah. Dude, all I hit was a back bumper, and then you get a high score of like 98 million points or something. The minimum like I could have gotten to do anything I... was 10,000 yeah. points. <laughs> like pulling pulling the spring for the ball is 10,000 points. I don't know. Why is it reward me for such yeah. little? Just divide everything by 10,000, you get yourself a game. That people... <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you say you gave this one, Jeff? I give it a seven. Seven. All right. So what's that put us at, Gary? You know, didn't have my calculator out. I'm Multiply like, by forty. <laughs> Should have given it a base set of ten uh, points. Oof. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That is a big uh, seven. seven it's probably repeating something. A seven point yeah, five. Fourteen. Twenty one point five divided by three. Hell yeah. Is definitely oh, yeah. Leave us be... all in. This is good. This is good air right here. This is highly <laughs> Well, stuff. I want everyone to know that because I won <laughs> this game of Pac-Man, I technically own the first spot in the leaderboard. And because of that, I'm going to put in my three-digit code here. So I'm going to... Here we go. Uh, first letter here. A. <laughs> no, uh, don't say second it. Second letter here. Well, how about I do a number? Five? And then... No, uh, this is hmm. a family arcade. Five. Enter. Oh, oh my God. Get wrecked. Dick. Well, just so got a 7.2 is the RDG boys average. Uh, high score set by Jeff. Uh, we are one point off from the Board Game Geek average, 6.2. Uh, like you said, mm-hmm. 122 ratings on this. Um, interestingly enough, there are no one or two ratings on this. So everybody... It's, it's the nostalgia boost. Curve. It yeah. is the nostalgia boost. Uh, beautiful bell curve. Everybody is uh, piling up on those sixes. I, I think everybody pretty much generally feels uh reading through the comments that setup takes a little bit too long with you know putting all those pegs on the board um, but it's gotta but, be you know, satisfying to push them down like i imagine does. imagine a nice little click sound you yeah. know walk a nice walk push, push it down yeah 
but yeah, universally praised for its components, universally panned for its setup. Did and, anybody uh, complain yeah. about the watch batteries? No, no, com- no complaints about the watch batteries from what I can mm. tell. I, oh, I had to break oh. open my Rolex. That's not fucking battery. I'd complain about it. I'll check the boards over at 4chan, see if anybody. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we have our uh, our main score here, guys, and you know, Garrett, has it been a while since we posted one of these episodes? We've been a little busy. It's, We've it's, been a little busy. Uh, it's you know it, we we had a little month break there, and uh, I think we're on like a two week two week schedule here. So yeah, we're 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 cranking them out, folks. Don't worry, we're cranking them out. So we're still here. You're, we're still we're producing still, content. We're still, producing. we're still playing bad games. I know. We're still we're still keeping it going. And and if you miss us, if you are worried about us, maybe it's been a while before since you've heard our voices, and you just want to check in. You just want to make sure that we're okay. You want to make sure that we haven't activated our life alerts dangling around our necks. You can do that. You can do that by going to at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. We can talk to us. You can hit us up. Uh, we have alarms set in order to answer <laughs> these tweets as fast as they come in. So don't you worry about that. You can hit us up on Twitter, and we'll talk to you there. Uh, another good way to get us to crank out more content, make board game recommendations for us. Send us an email at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. We'll play any of your suggestions. If you got anything good for us to uh, to throw down on the, the radio airwaves, the podcast airwaves, we'll be more than happy to try it. Send your recommendations our way, roughdraftgames at gmail.com. And if you want to figure out how to top that leaderboard like me, come on over to our website, roughdraftgames.com. Check out other uh, RDG content, including other episodes of Roll and Move. Uh, things like theme attic posts that we've uh, put up there before and of course our game all rise and you can also still pre-order a copy of all rise over at all-rise-game.backerkit.com so you can still get a copy over at backerkit and lastly but not least if you haven't done so already please go over to itunes give us a nice little five star bump nothing (laughs) nothing will make garrett's day like getting the five star bump. I, I, th- I think he says it. To, he, he calls me up every morning. He goes, Tom, got a five star bump, baby. Yeah, I nice. said, Garrett, how bump. much coffee did you have today? How much coffee did you have, man? You sound hyper. You sound like you're seizing the day. And he just goes, I didn't have any coffee. Ain't no caffeine, no sugar. I got the five star bump. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what happened. Every single it's morning. a two hour. It's a two hour difference. Too, so and we don't even it's not early. even it's not even <laughs> new five star reviews it's the same three that i've been reading, yeah, I've been reading this is great <laughs> the five give us the five star bump folks we greatly appreciate it it helps people find the show helps us in the algorithm i don't know they, it's, that wasn't developed by me that was developed by someone smarter than me but they tell me that it helps uh so guys i am so glad that you could join us here today for this wonderful little show garrett are there any parting words that you would like to give the audience before the ghost behind you reaches out and clyde your mane does you in i think the next good? podcast that this uh listener is going to listen to just put a quarter down what does that mean uh the only the only words of wisdom i have for all is waka waka posse bear posse bear <laughs> bye